Welcome to Doug and Joe Talk. I'm Doug. I'm Joe. We have a special guest today. Hi, right. Mark. That's right. A different Mark. A different than, Mark. That's been on the podcast <clears throat> yeah. before. Um, but we are we are here again. Beautiful day. Couldn't ask for a nicer day. It actually appears hot, hotter outside, like uh, getting close to 80 almost, 75 Something like that. But in the garage, it's kind of damp yeah, and cool. Nice and cool. I think it's kind of mid-70s. Is it mid-70s? Yeah. Okay. All right. I might have looked at my thermometer wrong. or It's one. It's, it's a plastic one that's hung there for yeah. 30 years, so who knows if it's accurate anyway. Who knows? But anyway, um, well, in, in my hand today, um, a cigar I love. It is La Flor Dominicana Coronado in the Corona Especial size, which is Especiale, whatever. Which is about five and three quarters long by forty-seven, which is pretty close to perfect, if you ask me, for size of cigar. If I were really getting picky, I'd probably like a standard Corona, which I think is forty-four, but a little thinner than this, right? Just a tad. Yeah. But I don't want to get that picky. This right. is a really great size, and um, it's actually the one I smoked last week when Joe couldn't be here and Mark couldn't be here, and so I tried the podcast by myself. And the, the two episodes that have been by myself are. I always think less than <laughs> less than what we can deliver. Well, you know, what can I say? Oh, it's what we got to do sometimes, you know? <laughs> the only problem is, and, and Mark, if you haven't, li- I don't think you listened to the last podcast, um, but uh, it's hard to draw and focus on taste mm. when you've got nothing yeah. going on the recording. You're have to <laughs> so, take turns, yeah. yeah. Mm. So, anyway. Um, well, we will... So, hopefully you didn't listen to last week's podcast. But we're going to give this a fresh new toss today, this this cigar, and Joe's going to be here to give some input, and um, Mark can, can insert if he wants, whenever he wants, or he might just enjoy a cigar with us. We're happy that he joined us. Um, so we'll, we'll tell you what you're supposed to taste when we get to the end of the podcast, because sometimes that matters. But here's, uh, here's the information. The La Flor Dominicana Coronado is made up of a Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano wrapper grown in Jalapa Valley of Nicaragua. So that's a Nicaraguan Habano wrapper. I believe the Ecuadorian Habano is one of our favorites. Mm-hmm. Right. It's got a Sumatra Dominican filler. Sumatran wrappers tend to be a little lighter and a little sweeter, so that just to, just to clue you in a little bit there. Um, and then it has a Corojo Seed Dominican binder. And um, Lito Gomez, who is uh, the guy that started... I'll tell you a little bit more about him later. He's got kind of a neat story. But he started La Flor Dominicana. He's the first one to combine these three tobaccos together. And the recipe is simple. The result is complex, according to the paperwork here. And I added... I, sometimes I paperwork. edit... Paperwork. I like that. Right. I used to call it that. From well, now. and sometimes I paperwork. edit. But this is kind of important, particularly with Mark here, and particularly Joe. I, I know you enjoy... Uh, a good a whiskey or a scotch. It says, grab a bottle of the t- off the top shelf and light up. It's a real treat for any enthusiast. So Man. we're not enjoying yeah. scotch today. I thought about it, but decided against it because I wear my influences on my sleeve. I don't mix the two very often. <laughs> I have. I would enjoy it. I, I know I would enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I, unfortunately, yeah, the circumstances today didn't really allow, but it, that's interesting. Um you going to go to work a little later today? I am. Going yeah. To <laughs> yeah, I'm right. going to work. Hey, guys. How are we doing? <laughs> However, I am not. All right. <laughs> yeah. You guys are yeah. mad Yeah. I would think it would be a lot like pairing food and wine, where mm-hmm. sometimes you get like, you know, one plus one does not equal two. You get like a bigger yeah. thing out of it. Yeah. So I, I agree. There's been cigars that we've reviewed in the past where I've 
wanted to have eaten or, you know, like wanted to pair it with food or drink because you can just taste it needs that extra little... I don't know. I mean, not that the cigars are bad. That's not the issue. It's just that I you can kind of tell certain foods would really add to certain cigars. That's for sure. Well, I was, I was pretty similar even with wine a little bit. When I started in wine club, I liked to sip wine quite a bit before I tried any hors d'oeuvres because then I would at least kind of get the pureness of what I was tasting, develop my palate a little, try to figure it all out. And now I go to wine club and I just pick out and <laughs> drink a lot. <laughs> so... But um, I'm still kind of to the position now where I, where I, I do think I, I like not mixing because I get to just see what the cigar does. Now, there are a few, though, like this one, that I know I like. So then I would be at the point where it's like, yeah, maybe. It would be a good idea. So what are we getting, Joe? Well, <clears throat> okay, as soon as I lit, I got pepper like crazy. That is completely subsided now to where I don't – It's no, there's no burn at all. Even in a retrohale, it's really, really mild. Kind of creamy, kind of sweet at the onset. And uh, overall, oh, I think I'm going to like this cigar. Um, so I'm going to echo the pepper and um, having smoked it last week as well. I, I remember that initially. And the pepper, this sometimes matters. It seems to be more in the back of the throat for mm-hmm. me. Uh, and I've retrohaled a little, a light retrohale. I don't get any of the pepper up in my nose, which is a little weird. But it's all in the back of my throat. Um and the initial light, as soon as I lit, it was, it was super savory, and then it kind of met a minute, real short amount of time, it yeah. went right back to kind really of a, transforms quick. Yeah, to a to, to a nice sweet, and I don't think I want to say sweet bread like banana bread yet. I might say woody or leather and sweet a little, not mm-hmm. not very sweet, just mm-hmm. just lightly. So, uh, uh, anything to add, Mark? My my taste is not as refined as yours, you guys, but uh, I think I'm getting a little bit of persimmon wood and prosciutto and maybe fruity pebbles. Ah, okay. Nice, nice. I, you know, I, I did. I am getting a touch of salt. Mm-hmm. Just a hint, and it's actually up high in my nasal, kind of my nasal back of my throat. So it's weird. Pepper, yeah. salt, back there. Uh, yeah. No. In all seriousness, I'm definitely getting the pepper. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was the first thing I noticed on light this time oh, and yeah. last week. It was uh, just fills. It just yeah. and it's not too much. Really I'm no. a person that doesn't like, but but it lets you know. Yeah, it, it lets you, you know just tied into yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we'll let this thing warm up. Keep it moving. What's going on in the world, Joe? <laughs> a lot. It seems like man. Is it just me or did the the did news that makes me care pick up this week? <laughs> Because there for a while we were talking yeah. about how things are just kind of stagnated, you know, and like they're just talking about the same old junk all the time. But this week it seems like there's, I don't know, maybe it's just that my caringness has increased or something. But uh, I think there's a, just a lot kind of kind of moving and it's got my attention. I don't know. we got a list of topics here. What do you want to hit first? Well, let me comment on what you said. Mm-hmm. The Trump collusion fake story made up story was so like it was kind of coming to its head we were and tired I, I'm just tired of it it's yeah. like okay let's talk about something that matters and we would have a hard time even going back to values and the things that we thought were important because everything was Trump collusion or something about the media right you know and it's like oh this is so, so that's one of the reasons I think why we were getting frustrated and almost bored with it but then you know um, the abortion things just comes to a head and boy you can't 
You can't do anything without somebody practically firebombing your car if you're you know, if you're pro life anymore. Right. It's it, it just gets to the point of almost ridiculousness. But <clears throat> um, I'd like to. I, I took notes so my wife and I could talk about it, and then I forgot most of my notes, like the differences between Alabama, Louisiana, and another state, maybe Ohio or something. The differences between the bill, and I heard somebody actually unpack why there were certain differences mm-hmm. um, in the in the abortion bill. But I, but clearly, you know, no apologies. I'm I'm definitely pro life because I believe a baby, wherever it is inside you or not, uh, is a life. And if it's if it's a life, that not only matters to me morally, but it matters to me because as an American, the Constitution protects life. So yeah. even if I wasn't a Christian who believed that, I would still say constitutionally, you, yeah, that you, baby's protected. You've touched on like three different things that I really want to talk about. First off, as far as the different states' bills go, don't forget. Nobody should forget. Iowa was the one that started this whole thing. This is true. This is true. <laughs> and I don't know. Did ours not? Where it? did it go? It got. I think it got struck down by a one of the branches by a like a local judge court or something. No, maybe, maybe. And so I don't think I don't know if it's in the appeal process now, but but it kind of went away really fast. But then all these other states yeah, just bam, 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 bam. And and okay, so that brings me to the second point, is that this these are all this is all a concerted, timely effort to target Roe v. Wade. I think. I mean, you look at all of these. Uh, we good. We are. Okay. <laughs> look at all these different states doing this. I think that they look at, they're looking at the Supreme Court and they're saying, okay, now's the time to strike. The iron's hot. We have a favorable court. It's, it's time to go after Roe v. Wade because in Roe v. Wade is, I mean, I'm not an expert in this, but I'm regurgitating things that I've heard is that there's provision in there for new information, new technology. And yeah. we certainly have now more knowledge, more technology, more awareness of what exactly it is that happens at conception, what exactly, I mean, how the signals and the DNA and all of this stuff forms. And we also have scientific data that backs up the idea that an unborn fetus or child, whatever you prefer to call it, um, is an active entity. I mean, when they're acted upon, they respond, not in just a reflexive way, but in a, in a, an active life-preserving way. And so I think all of these things are kind of so targeted at Roe v. Wade to get it overturned. But now if I may, I'm going to hit all three here. Um, What is fascinating to me, because you brought up the Constitution, is that even Joe Biden in his little snippet that he put out today, this little video about right, you know, women's rights and everything, is talking about constitutional rights. They're trying to make abortion. I think that they're trying to implant the idea in the masses that Abortion is a numerated right in the Constitution, yeah. which is it's just not. I know that there seems to be media that's mm-hmm. that's saying that, and it's just an, it's just an out an out lie. Yeah. I mean, you might be able to say. I mean, if you really push it and, and turn it hard, you might be able to say it's at least the, the, the woman's constitutional right or something. R- is that what you're saying? Yeah, perhaps. But e- even then, you're you're getting a little. I mean, because gun rights. <laughs> What second amendment? Second amendment. Second amendment. That's there. There is. That's obvious. There's nothing anywhere close to a, a woman's right to have an abortion. I just honestly, it. 
I even think the people that are in favor of abortion don't, in their mind and perhaps in their heart, don't really deny that it's a life. Um, and I, because I think if you if you do, you're not being intellectually honest. And then when it's a life, you really have to work hard to say this life weighs heavier than right. <laughs> this little life. Right. And that's a harder argument to make. <clears throat> it is. I saw a really funny meme the other day that somebody posted of a, a woman with an anti-gun shirt on waving a sign that said abortion is a constitutional right and then it had a, a gun, you know, with like an X across that's the funny. on her shirt. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that, really, that's a great one. I like it a lot. So, um, yeah. For, I'm, I'm saying this for you and for me. I started the timer 10 minutes late because it matters. And okay. we don't have an engineer yeah. in the background whispering in yeah. our ear microphone telling us that our we only have microphone. a yeah, seven minutes before our cigar update. So we want to mm-hmm. make sure we get that right. But um, the, the one piece of information I remember from the notes I took as Tracy and I were talking about it was, and I think it's Alabama. I'm not sure it is, but one of the states um, doesn't have an exception for rape and incest. And, you know, there, there's part of me that's like, ooh, that, that's a pretty tough situation. But, um, but I would still be okay with the, with morally without the exception being there. But then I heard legally why. It's because if they are working for personhood of the child in the womb, then there is no exception. If they would have written in an exception, right. then you're saying... They're, they're, they're it person is a person yeah. unless they were. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the, the reason legally that it was there, that it wasn't there, was. That's to which is it. smart legally, probably. Yeah. It's smart legally, and, um, you know. Uh, oh, one other thing, if I may. This cigar is awesome. I'm I, enjoying it. And I think it's probably the most. Le- I don't want to get into a review right now, but it's probably the most leathery cigar we've ever smoked. I was I, wondering about leather before when you guys were talking. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, okay. <laughs> You've, you've seen things on the internet, and, and they come in slightly different forms, but some will be a story. It's like, okay, there's a thousand viable fetuses in a jar, and a five-year-old kid in a room. The room catches on fire, and you can only save either the jar of fetuses or the five-year-old kid. And it's just, it's funny to me. <laughs> it's like, I got to give credit to Ben Shapiro, because he's just, I, I love listening to him when I can. And it was so awesome, but he said, okay, we all agree with that. Save the kid. The kid's alive, save the kid, sure. But that's not the argument. The argument is, you're in a room, there's a baby. Do you kill it? <laughs> that's the that's, argument. That's well done. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. yes! That's, way to go, Ben. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you know, that's good. I, I hope he listens to our podcast. <laughs> listen, I listen. just think that one of the, one of the things that's made me... I was I was almost gonna say it made me laugh, but in a super ironic way, yeah. um, was is all of these sort of attempts at making legal arguments about this mm-hmm. by people who are pro-choice. You know, like for example, mm-hmm. and 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 Shapiro did a good job of highlighting this idea is that I saw I saw one person posted on some fa- uh, social media about about um, if a person goes to a state where something is legal. Or it goes to a state where something is illegal, you know, we don't we don't treat that different so differently. You know, I forget what the example was. Like, uh, go to, to come over here out of the wind. Oh, yeah. is it? So you're gonna relight, yeah. Anyway, 
Like, say a person goes to a... Oh, there's a match. A person okay. from a state where gambling is illegal mm -hmm. goes to a state where gambling is legal. We don't prosecute them for gambling, you know, because they're doing it in a place where it's legal. Well, I mean, you're not taking a life if you're gambling. And that's the whole the whole idea. This, these are not equal crimes. These are... Yeah. That might work now, by the way. Anyway. Well, and there's one other thing I was, I was trying to... You're not, you're not taking a life, and... You're, I I still constitutionally believe the states it should be a state's issue, but I'm okay with passing a constitutional amendment yeah. to protect the life of the child. Legally, morally, I am, but also legally because the Constitution, like I said, protects yeah. life. So yeah, it should be easy yeah. to 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 pass an amendment the to do that. The states are well within their rights to make these laws. Yeah, yeah. and the the constant and the federal government is well within its limits to to rule on it. Yeah, I think so. So how did this whole thing unfold with all the states? Boom, 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 boom. I mean, were they just kind of ready to go? I think that they've been trying for so long, but the Supreme Court's always been the issue. Yeah, yeah you know, it's been like pretty stacked have, against them. It's been completely stacked against the, the pro-life movement. So now once these... Then there's tons of these groups, you know, all over the place, uh, you know, having pro-life rallies, you know, mm -hmm. huge groups of conservatives and Christians and all these different types of people that are pro-life, but... And they've been working and working and working, I know, for years here in Iowa to try to make a bill... But always, you know, the the argument was it's just going to get struck down. It's just going to get struck down. And now, mm -hmm. now they actually have a chance, so they're going for it. Yeah, and I think that I think the heartbeat thing was was kind of an issue. And I'm not even sure that you. I mean, gosh, we've got DNA. It's the baby is separate DNA from mm -hmm. the mom. But but the heartbeat thing is almost for me. There, there's this, and I'm always careful when I'm not speaking in exact terms. But like this ethereal sense of something having a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. There is life. Now, I will grant you that that could be connected to my religion because heart, blood, that's significant sure. in, in Christianity. It's significant in creation. It's also significant in our in our moral stuff. Go ahead and open that back up if you've got your cigar lit. I just closed it so you could light oh, okay. it. Um, but heartbeat's a pretty big deal. And so if, if there's a separate entity <laughs> when its heart's beating, it would seem like you can't stop that heart from beating. Yeah, you can't do that in any other area. I can't stop your heart from beating without there becoming serious, yeah. you know, well, I mean, repercussions. Let's and that's sort of that's not exactly where it started, but recently yeah. Iowa doing the heartbeat bill, it kind that kind of got the ball rolling. So I, I think that it's unavoidable that <clears throat> that sort of the the argue the people that are making the argument for choice mm -hmm. are. In my mind, like if I boil it down to this, to the root components of all this, they're, I think more than anything, they're, what they're fighting for is not the ability to kill babies. It's the ability to keep sex desacralized. Yeah. You know, the idea that God created, sacred, yeah. yeah, God created man and woman and the act of procreation is a sacred thing. It's, <laughs> they can't have that. They want it to be standard and non-committal and no rules and that i think that's really what this is about more than it's about i mean when you really boil it down well and you could maybe even lift it a little more general and a little higher and say nobody can tell me what to do i mean well, yeah that's and that's yeah and, you're and, right. and that's what it is nobody it's, in, it's in, an issue of will which is a lot of mm -hmm. people that 
don't believe in God, don't believe in Christianity, it's, it usually comes down to will. Mm -hmm. And I'm honestly pretty libertarian, even though I'm a Christian. Um, it's really hard for me, things that I believe are morally correct, for me, it's, it's still hard for me to say, I want to pass a law so that my neighbor has to do those morally, you know, is not allowed to do immoral things. Mm -hmm. It's still hard for me to do that, but I do think we have to say, not only our societies, is it better if I restrict my neighbor from doing X? Mm -hmm. Yeah, probably. In some cases, yes. And um, I think the Constitution's job, the federal government's job, is to protect my neighbor from me getting a little too heavy-handed with my moral laws restricting my neighbor's freedoms. And I would fight for my neighbor's freedoms, even in some areas where I think he, has, he she has the freedom to do immoral things. I think it's always interesting. <clears throat> it's about time for an update, isn't it? It is, it is. And I was just going to say that, because there's a couple things I just... I hold off. Yeah, and... Don't forget where you're going. I, I got. I want to tell a story of my wife and a story of something Matt Walsh said, which I won't be able to do justice to, but it'll be cool. But we do, do need to do an update. Um, so, um, I am. Um, I'm surprised a little bit because it because I, I think in the past, a lo long in the past, and even last week, I was getting a little more sweet than I'm getting now. Maybe I'm just getting honed into the flavor better. Maybe I thought there was sweet because I wanted there to be. But I love this cigar, but it's not as sweet is what I like, and I do think I'm identifying leather as the one standout taste, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not sure I'm right, but I'm going to say it's because there's a hint of the Nicaraguan, what I'll call dirtiness. I told you. Yes. <laughs> that Nicaraguan dirtiness I get from the real heavy-handed yeah, Nicaraguan yeah. cigars, that's just, there's a hint of it there that kind of gives it that leathery taste, but the Dominican body, I mean, most of it there's still a lot of Dominican in it, and so that's pulling in all of the other stuff without getting sweet that I like in a Dominican cigar. Mm -hmm. So it's more savory than I remember, but I'm I'm enjoying it. I I'm gonna you talk, mm -hmm. and then I'm gonna do well, do a big puff. I okay. So here's the thing: I talk about people being intellectually dishonest. I generally don't prefer the leather thing, so I'm not letting my brain go there. <laughs> but I no, I, I do it. I do get what you're saying. However, we were talking earlier about pairing things. I told you I'm I'm actually sipping uh, unflavored cappuccino right okay. now, and that is making that is really pulling out the sweet wow. like crazy, and so the retrohale just sweetened it up for me yeah. too. I puffed through my nose and that like I'm I'm getting a ton of that sweet and a little bit less of the savory, a little bit less of the leather, and I think it's just because I'm kind of pairing it with this coffee. Interesting, fun. I'm kind of glad you're the cream in the cappuccino. I'm going really to make a rule where there's no coffee allowed with cigars, <laughs> Joe. Well, I'm enjoying this because <laughs> yeah. I'm the I'm, boss. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering if I wouldn't enjoy it as much um, if I wasn't paranoid. I, uh, I lost on what you guys were saying. I lost a little bit of ash too. I just noticed that yours is hanging on pretty good. I think I think I was talking with my hands and getting excited, and mine fell off. If, if that matters, and there's a nice breeze, so the breeze could have taken it off too. Really pleasant. But um, yeah, this is uh, I love this cigar. So that, I'm I'm gonna stick there. We can we can go into more later. Want to add anything, Mark? Can you can you give me a thirty second uh, tour of a cigar as far as you talked about the wrappers and the binders and. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Give me, I'll, educate me a little bit if you if you got time. Um, I'll I'll do that, and that'll be good for the podcast as well. Okay, um, one important and uh, help me out if I forget something that you think is important, Joe. But um, about seventy percent of the flavor comes from the wrapper. Okay, 
Okay. Which is important because you're like, whoa, that much? You know, that's, that's a small part of the cigar. Mm -hmm. But that's why bigger ring gauge cigars can taste different than a smaller ring gauge because you have more... Ratio. Yeah, different mm -hmm. ratios sure. happening. So that that's important. And we kind of know we like the Ecuadorian Habanos that we've smoked as far as wrappers go. And um, the binder is there to hold the filler tobacco together, but... Of course, they want to put on good binders that have good flavor, mm -hmm. and so that you get some of the flavor coming from the binder as well. And then the filler tobacco is just kind of, it's kind of a passing note, but yet I can tell you unapologetically I love Dominican filler way more than I like Nicaraguan filler. Okay. It's, it tends to be a little milder and sweeter, and like, we joke that it's, there's this dirty taste to, to Nicaraguan tobacco. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we should say earthy, but we earthy, like to say dirty. We like to say dirty, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Not as in naughty, but <laughs> like in a Chavez kind of way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so is the binder? Is that also tobacco, or is that some other? Mm. Oh yeah. That's mm -hmm. okay, so it's all yeah. tobacco. It's, it's all it's all tobacco. The binder doesn't have to be pretty. Yeah. Is kind of the thing. So they can have some fun with trying to get the, some flavor there, but the wrapper has to be pretty and taste good. So, so, so then, do they bring together all these parts from? Areas that are far away from each other, or sometimes, sometimes they do. Sometimes, yeah. This is a Dominican company. It's all Dominican filler, but the wrapper is Nicaraguan, and the binder is Dominican, but it's Cuban Corojo seed, which is like a hybrid of Criollo. Which I only, I hope that makes me sound smart. It's I read a big article on it like two or three years ago. The two tobaccos are a, a really common Cuban. Um, Tobacco and I like Criollo quite well, a bit. Well, that kind of sounds like an insult. You Criollo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I. I don't kind of does. Like, doesn't it? Yeah. So um, anyway, I don't. I don't mind being called a cigar snob. I don't know if I'm quite at that level yet. But did you uh, talk one time about somebody that took some individual wrapper <laughs> leaves and like did some testing? Um, you might be referring to something I saw on video, and you might be able to find it if you YouTube search it. They took a cigar, and a guy lit it, and smoked it just for a minute or two, and he was like, and they're like, what do you taste? And he's like, oh, it's really full-bodied, it's this, it's that. And then they, they cut the end off, he dipped it in water, they had a cigar roller peel the wrapper off, and then took a wrapper off of another cigar and wrapped this cigar that he said was a full-bodied cigar... And then they dried it out enough that they could light it, and he smoked it. He's like, whoa, it's like yeah. really mild and sweet. <laughs> that, to me, that would be a fun experiment to do, yeah. to take just the wrappers, like have, have four or five different ones. Just light it, let it smoke a little bit, even just to kind of get the taste and the smell, and just try to distinguish between some of them. Just the pure wrappers, I mean, not fillers, no binders, just anyway. I'm still getting that sweet when I when a little goes up the back back of my nose. It is sweeter. Um, yeah. There there was a company that was selling it. It cost two hundred and fifty dollars total, and you had to pay like a hundred up front, and they would send you a series of wrappers and binders, mm -hmm. and you could light them and smell them, yeah. and then pick what you wanted in your cigar, like a custom. Yeah, cigar. and you would customize your cigar, and then you'd pay two hundred fifty dollars and get like ten cigars, mm -hmm. so like twenty five bucks a piece. But I almost did it. But it's like, you know, I don't know if I'd want to spend that much money on 10 cigars. But getting to know the tobaccos could, would have been really fun. So, anyway. So, we got a lot more to say about abortion, right? Yeah, if, we, if you want to. I just, want to, I just have a closing thought, I guess, maybe, if we're ready to move on to something else or whatever. But um, <clears throat> just getting ready to say there before we took a cigar break that it's always interesting to me how 
particular cultures in particular times will rank their moral issues. Mm. For example, I mean, you could say, and you should say, that all morality, all these moral issues come from God. And yet, <clears throat> we sort of as a society, if we're a secular society, which I'm not completely sure we are, right. but um, sort of like take, take, those, take God's rules for life and we rank them. And God kind of ranks them too in the Bible, but I mean, uh, we rank them in order of severity and in order of punishment, you know? So like, for example, if you, mur if you plan and execute a murder of someone, that's pretty high on our list, you know? If you uh, have sex without being married, that's not really even a crime for us. Yeah. Now, I wonder sometimes, like, in a, like you said, a moral society, we try to shape the morality of our culture. I wonder sometimes how matched up we are with God's standard and how we so sort of, like, rank these different crimes, if you will, with my big air quotes here, uh -huh. crimes. And it's good that you tell them you're air quoting. Yeah, that's they important. They can't see that it's on an audio podcast. But I just, I just think it's fascinating how we sort of determine what what's a severe offense and what's a not severe offense. And, and uh, I don't know. I just wanted to think, think about it for a second. Yeah, and our, our culture, um, gosh, I can't remember, can't remember what it is, but it's, uh, it's really bad to force your values on someone else. They have to choose the values themselves. If you force it on them, our culture says that's bad. It's also bad to be inauthentic. Authenticity, like, is one of the highest values in our culture now, which I think is authenticity is a great one. Um, but you can you can be rude and authentic. You can be mean and evil and authentic, <laughs> and that's not a good thing. But um, I wish I could remember the others. There's like two or three what I would call probably leftist values, um, not exclusively, but that mm -hmm. are, I think are still good values, but they rank them like as mm -hmm. the top three. I can't yeah. remember what they are, but it's, it's interesting to look at that. Yeah. I wanted to mention Matt Walsh, and I might've mentioned it last week cause I think I talked about abortion a little bit when I was by myself. He said something and he would, he's just, he's real in your face, bold, uh, guy when he's talking. And he said, basically he's tired of women talking about reproductive rights He's because he, he, nobody's nobody's telling you that you have to reproduce. We're telling you you can't kill a baby that's in your womb. He said it's a parenting issue. It's not a reproduction issue. And I thought that was pretty in your face, and I, and I liked it. Whether, whether you didn't like it or not, I think it's true. Yeah. And um, then I wanted to mention that my wife said something to me. She shared a story, and she made me read it. It was a fairly lengthy letter that a couple who are um, pro-choice <clears throat> told about aborting their child in the third trimester because there were some issues with the baby. And it was a very moving story, how this parent... I'm, I'm really diminishing it a bit by, by shortening it, but I have to for the podcast, because it was very emotional, and they were saying how hard it was, but they wanted to go ahead and have a service and recognize in, in some type of religious way that this baby was going to die and have a service for the baby, and, and then... Um, go ahead and terminate um, the baby. And <clears throat> my wife said, this is, this is a very moving story, and I, and I get it, I understand. If, if all of the people that are pro-choice were actually concerned about an issue like that, I get it. But she said it does come down to, if it's a life, you shouldn't kill it. Yeah, I, to me... That, <clears throat> and it was a beautiful like, story. Oh, I'm know? sure it was beautiful. I mean, you can kind of write beautiful stories about mm -hmm. just about anything. But like... 
I think that that's, to me, that sounds so scary to say that we even as humans have the ability to decide what, which lives have value and which ones don't. And I don't even think, it sounds like you're, you're not saying they didn't think it had value. Right. They were trying to pres- like uh, keep it from some, I'm assuming that they were trying to keep this child from some kind of harm or pain or suffering or whatever. It wasn't likely that the baby would live long right. when it was born. Right. I think that's a pretty scary thing when we I mean that starts kind of starts to get on that euthanasia mm-hmm. idea <clears throat> that's what it is I mean yeah. right yeah but. exactly and it's and it is I think it's important to value life and um, that yeah I guess I guess that's that's enough said maybe um, we could beat a live live baby horse <laughs> but, wow but we was special. But we <laughs> was really special. Right? <laughs> but let's uh, let's move on. Maybe we'll get some comments and stuff we can talk about next week. Uh, where we want to go next? I want. Well, that was a pretty heavy topic. Let's maybe try something a little lighter. All right. Uh, okay. Short short story. A monkey killed a man and injured ten others in India. <laughs> I read I read part of an article about this. What the, what the world? They well, just let this monkey go on a rampage, did they? Or? Well, the I didn't read the story because all it took me back to being in Nepal. Oh, I hate and, monkeys. And when we were in Nepal, they're like, okay, guys, these look like cute little animals to you, but if you have anything that's food in your backpack, they will jump on your back, tear your face up, steal your backpack, and eat that food. These are vicious monkeys. Do not carry food in your backpacks when you're visiting these temples. Just this is a dangerous thing, and it's... They're so cute. You throw them food, and they're eating it, and it's like, be careful. <laughs> Nobody got hurt on my trip, but I'm like, and then when I see the picture of the monkey, it's not very big, you know, two feet sitting, you know, two mm. feet, maybe two and a half feet tall. Kills a guy. Maybe it's that's a 60-year-old guy, right? It was an older guy, and it's like, that, I mean, it's a sad story, you know, on one hand. We kind of laugh because it was a monkey, but it's like, my gosh, a person got killed. I guess I was supposed to go to a light story. That didn't, that didn't work well, very well. I mean, Darn it! It's light, but it's, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Mark, have you you've been to countries with monkeys, right? No, no, no. Okay, I've been to a couple, and I hate monkeys. <laughs> My kids. I mean, I've had I've had a very close encounter with a, a great ape in in Africa. Apes are their own thing. There's some I like and some I don't. Baboons, I can't stand them, but monkeys are like I hate monkeys. They're like you, like you were saying, Doug. They're completely vicious. They're completely mischievous. You cannot trust. You don't turn your back on a monkey ever. They sneak up behind you. <laughs> they're, they're, they're one of the creepiest critters ever. It's like a, it's like uh, it's like a small starving demon. dog. So, yeah, starving dog. <laughs> I mean, I guess I relate it because in America, dogs are big. But you see a mean dog that's uh, hungry. Yeah, it's a dangerous thing to be around, regardless of how big the dog is. It's yeah. almost like they're. Human enough where you think you can trust them, <laughs> yeah. or that they ought to have some sort of right. morality or something. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Anyway, so totally fail by Doug going to the light story mm-hmm. there <laughs> from from abortion. Um, What's this uh, flag story that you've got here? Oh, that's kind of interesting, and I guess it's not not resolved yet. Um, uh, where are my notes? Okay, it's uh, in Statesville, North Carolina. There was uh, a company. They either sold campers or were a campground. I think they probably sold campers. It was a, called Camp Something or whatever. And um, this company 
put up this ginormous flag, and they said they want to do it to honor people who fought for America, uh, the the veterans, etc. And it's uh, forty foot tall. The flag itself is forty foot tall and eighty feet wide, and it's up on this giant That's pole. Huge. And I would imagine it's pretty close. It's probably smaller than the one we have on the farm, but pretty close to the to a similar size. And this the city. Um, is suing the company. They told them multiple times to take it down, and they and they just said no. And there there might actually be a legal reason for them to take it down. Um, they, but they were trying to say that it uh, was it was close to maybe an interstate or something, and so there were perhaps visibility issues. And it didn't. I didn't dig into the story a lot, but it didn't seem like that was really a legit reason. Um, but it it might warrant some more some more research. But it was beautiful. I mean, you look at this, it's like, man, that is an enormous flag. You just see it flying. Just so cool to see it, you know, waving in the wind. So I um, I didn't get a lot of details other than the company owner basically said, doesn't find me, whatever, <laughs> staying up. You know? probably paid so much for it. A yeah. 40 by 80 foot flag, that's a that's huge It's gone, it cost a lot of money. So um, <clears throat> That's got to be one strong pole. Oh, my word, yeah. Oh yeah, it is. In fact, when on the farm when we put up the new flag, Bryce had to take down the pole. It's the same size flag, but he said it was not a big enough pole for the for the flag he had up there. Cause, How big a flag do you guys have? Gosh, it's. I bet it's at least. Is it twenty foot high? Fifteen or twenty feet high? Just guessing. Wow. I did. I didn't. I didn't measure it. I only. I lit it. I mm-hmm. had to fix the light up on top of the elevator leg. And if if you're driving south of town. You can see it. Just you're you're actually kind of driving southeast, but when you're mm-hmm. driving, look off to what would be sort of the east, and you'll see a great big elevator with a big flag oh, on top of it. Never noticed it. Before. Yeah, we'll, we'll look out tonight. That's how people. That's how he tells people to find his house. So, um, anyway, but uh, so that's that's interesting. Kudos to the people that put up the flag. I I hope it's not a political thing. Yeah. That they're trying to take the. If there's a legitimate reason, they'll fight it out and they'll figure it out. Right. You know. So, well, um, I want to talk about the SAT thing just because it's mm-hmm. interesting. Did you hear anything about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I read a little bit about it. Yeah. Well, we, we got a couple minutes. It, it was just interesting that the SAT, which stands for Scholastic Aptitude Test, I think, or standard, Scholastic or Scholastic? Scholastic Aptitude. What did I say? Scholastic. Never mind my grammar. Scholastic. <laughs> That's a new word, which means <laughs> Scholastic Aptitude Test. Um, I'm getting some scalapia in this cigar. <laughs> right now. I'm getting a lot of aptitude. <laughs> oh, oh no! Did you? It's still still burning. Oh, it's good. Okay, I know you had some issues there. Okay, but it, but the SAT now, which it's designed to, as generally as you can, determine people's aptitude, and now they're putting in these politically driven offsets to your score based on where you come from, which is just a way of saying we're going to be racist without being racist, yeah, kind they, of. They like, from what I understand, they took, so they apparently, and I've only read one article about this, so I'm guessing and filling in a lot of the blanks, but from what I understand is they used to have a race question on there. Oh, I didn't know that. And, okay. Or ethnicity or something. They took it off, and now they're having to try to figure out new ways to determine your relative... Uh, how did they put it? 
disadvantage score, like how socially yes. dis your op social opposition score or something you're, you're like that. You're putting this. it very well. I don't know. I, I forget the exact terms they used for it, but they're trying to. Apparently, what they were doing was saying, okay, this person's black, so they they have a they've been really oppressed in the yeah. past. So so then they give them I don't know more aptitude or less. I don't know, but now they're trying to figure out ways to figure out your how disadvantaged you are without your race coming into play, which. Why do they need to know how disadvantaged you are? So are they trying to apply a weighting system to yeah, the score? Yeah, it sounds like it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, That's exactly what they're doing. And the, the, the first, one of the first things, that, the college can do that anyway. If they look at your SAT score and it's X, they can say, oh, well, you're, you come from a really poor family. And you got a pretty high score. Yeah. That wow. means you're a fighter. Yeah, we, we, want, we you. want you in our college. <laughs> they can do that anyway. And right. if the SAT is designed to say, person... At what level are you as far as your aptitude? Then it should yeah. be just aptitude. See, that's what I can't you know? figure out. Why? Why are they trying to play social justice warrior with the test that's just supposed to determine how smart you are? I don't know, I but think... Asians aren't very happy with it. I'm sure they're not. <laughs> because they're the ones yeah. that are going to be hurt. They've had lawsuits upon lawsuits upon lawsuits because I mean, yeah. these Asian families that that is their cultural value. They push mm -hmm. hard, hard, hard. Mm -hmm. They score these great scores, and they're a social minority or ethnic minority yeah. or whatever, and they don't get the same <clears throat> treatment as some of these other groups. Mm -hmm. You can see why they'd be pretty upset. I, I do. All this investing um, in education. We, we might come back to this. Um, I do want to say, it's probably not a bad idea to keep drinking water. This is a, it's a full-bodied cigar. Mm. And uh, so I'm... I made sure to put water out for everybody. This is a very full-bodied water, too, I might oh, add. Is it, is it, it is. Fresh water? It's, it's good. Is it it's sweet, or is it salt? It's... Uh, <laughs> I don't know if our listeners are... Have we ever told the story? I don't think salt? they heard that story, so... You want to tell it? Mm. Okay. So, I made a chicken water years ago for my wife, and I heard that if you put salt water in a wa water bottle mm -hmm. and drop it, so it's sealed, and drop it in your chicken water, the salt water will keep the chicken water from freezing to... Make your the temperature will have to go a lot lower before it freezes. Okay. So I had fiddled around with it, but then we bought a water warmer for the winter. It, it turns on when the temperature drops below 35, so our chickens have water, no big deal. I just pulled the bottle out, sat it in my garage. It had a green lid on it. It looked like all my other water bottles. It looked just like this bottle that I'm holding right <laughs> Joe came over to smoke a cigar. I'm like, here you go, dude. <laughs> Didn't even, not on purpose, completely by accident. <laughs> <laughs> I handed him a bottle of water. He takes a huge yeah, swig. Yeah, a big old drink. Yeah. Spits it all out. <laughs> I felt, I don't think I felt that bad for a, uh, hardly ever. You did it to a good person because I don't care. You're, you're right. I'm glad you didn't care. Was, and he's oh. here today. He made it. And yeah, he's here. He I wonder die. if we did recorded you, that. Did we record that? We might have. I don't know. Did you swallow any of it? No. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> well, it didn't, uh-oh. But I... Continue to razz mm. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. oh, save it. Mm. Doug's having a little bit of you know, a light issue. I had this trouble last week when I was um, by myself. Because you talk a lot, mm -hmm. you don't draw enough. Um, I I would say you need to keep on this cigar. Yeah. Don't rush it, but but stay on it because... Got a little tobacco in my mouth. I think, Mark, you, yours went out at least once, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a preferred cadence because yeah. too hot is not good. Right. Too, and too cool, it'll try to go out on you. So. And we... Mm, I'm going to work on this a minute before we... We're, we're going to talk about this cigar in a minute, trust me. Um, 
But uh, we talk about cadence, and that's important. With sometimes you got to find the cigar cadence, uh, and mm-hmm. it's interesting to draw faster, draw a little slower, and see what how it changes the tastes. So, well, <clears throat> mine almost going out, and the ash dropping off just now. I'm really heating mine up, and I think as I draw harder, I'm it gets getting more leathery. Yeah, more savory. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that sweet is interesting because it's still. It's still in the back. Like if I retrohale, it's stronger. It's it's in the back of my mouth up high. I don't notice as much pepper as I did in the beginning. Um, but I think I'm getting a uh, I'm getting something else. If you want to throw in something, go ahead, and I'm going to take another puff. There's mine's staying pretty fairly sweet and fairly creamy. However, yeah, if you if you heat it up, that leather gets a lot stronger. And there's this uh, I'm getting kind of a vegetal vegetal. Uh, flavor to it as well maybe a, a sweet leafy it's always funny to say leaf when you're smoking yeah. a cigar because it is leaves but mm-hmm. there's there there's something else that's like it's a it's lightly sweet and it's something else I, I guess vegetals good I I'll agree mm-hmm. with you I'll agree with you now it's like when you're a kid I don't know maybe you do this still <laughs> take those little clovers you know the little what is it white clover that's got the little heart shaped mm. leaves and we used to munch on those all the time when we were kids that's what it kind of reminds me of mm. kind of a kind of like that sour plant taste I'll I'll agree with you now I'll reserve the right to change my opinion later because I'm still trying to identify it but mm-hmm. but I think I think vegetal was a good good way to put it so and actually I'm drawing pretty hard now and it's it's uh, it's actually sweet um, the sweetness is coming through. I'm going to keep keep puffing to keep this lid. I hope it doesn't burn long. So how long will you guys smoke a cigar? When do you say, okay, that's this cigar is done? Well, there's some there are some cigars where we've had time to smoke it till we can't hold it anymore. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Generally speaking, though, there's, I don't know, and this is kind of a person-by-person thing, I would say, but there are definitely times where we'll just say, okay, I've, I'm done enjoying it. I'm full, you might say. Yeah. And, and we'll quit. And there have been some really, really nice cigars that I've cut off with a couple inches left because just like, you know, I know if I keep smoking mm-hmm. it, I'm not going to feel good or, I'm not, you know, it's... Does it's the enough. flavor profile change mm-hmm. quite quite a bit? Um, I think so. It to, can. Some to get to where it's just harsh and you don't want it anymore? It can. And some some transition, not just when you're getting to the end, some transition in like the first third will be different than the second third. Yeah. Mm. I like consistent cigars or ones that change a little bit. There are some that change a lot, and it's interesting. And it's it's been explained on a guy that knows way more about cigars than me. When they're rolling, they do their best to pack the tobacco, but sometimes like they'll lay the cigar leaves out, and there'll be a little overhang. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't cut it and throw it away. They cut it and kind of piece it back in the cigar so you can see where that one leaf that overhung a little bit is now getting put back in the middle, and the roller's job is to get it nice and smooth and even and, and roll it in so that particular leaf, there'd be a little more of it right in the middle or yeah. whatever, depending okay. on where they put it. So that, that can affect the taste. But as far as it's... The best word, I think, to use is satisfaction. When you're satisfied, and sometimes, mm-hmm. like if I start feeling woozy, I'm just going to end it, you know, because <laughs> I don't want to get sick. Mm-hmm. And um, But if it's a good cigar, I'll smoke it clear down to the nub. And I have noticed with almost I, almost every cigar, the clo- when you get really close to the end, it almost gets this aromatic aromatic herb feeling like a like a peppermint or an oregano mm-hmm. some of those yeah. it, it gets a more of a sensation taste 
that's interesting, probably because you're just getting really hot and really close to the end. Mm. Yeah. And that's that's pretty Generally, common. if I start getting that sort of menthol-y mm -hmm. type, then I, I'm out. And you're done. I'll usually quit. So, well... Um, well, that's rubbed. Mm. I'm as I started to draw harder. I first at first I was getting leather, and now I'm getting the sweet back again, which pleases me because I like I like that sweetness, and it's not sweet breadiness. I'm gonna go with sweet vegetal. What Joe said. So, um, <clears throat> all right, we got a little more <clears throat> a little more time left. Where are we gonna go? Well, we could talk Trump a little bit if you want to, or else uh, the tariffs would be a fun thing to talk about. Maybe. Gosh, anything would. That's be... kind of a long. Yeah. I, topic. Uh, well, we got we got some time. Uh, Okay, I guess I'll make the decision. What was the not... Oh, yeah, let's talk about the financial records. Because that matters more than I think it matters. Probably. <clears throat> and I'm kind of hoping maybe you can... I sort of know, but I'm sort of hoping you can get, help, me, help me understand that. Because I think tr if you look at Trump as an American, as a person, then he has rights just like every other person in America. So... You can't just say, hey, we're going to look at your tax records. Mm -hmm. First of all, the government has already looked at his tax records. Right. right. <laughs> the, so, Every year. Yeah, the IRS has. Ongoingly. Yeah, first time life. Basis. So the, the fact that, um, you know, the fact that any part of government would say, hey, we have to see your tax records is kind of a violation of rights, but there is some, some oversight that's, that's necessary, but I... But I haven't heard anyone say why seeing his financial records is necessary for oversight. And the other thing to, to remember, and, and this is where I'm not smart, so this is where I might get some things constitutionally wrong, but the separation of powers is how... <laughs> you about lost it again. Yeah, is how our branches <laughs> of government check each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Our branches of government do not check each other, I, I think I'm right, do not check each other by saying, hey, you're a bad guy, we're going to look into you and find out if you've done something wrong. That's actually not another branch of government's job, right. according to the Constitution. That is right, as far as you know? I think Yeah, I mean, that's completely illegal. Okay. The assumption of innocence until proven guilty, yeah. you have to have a crime mm -hmm. to have an investigation. Okay. You have to, have to have probable cause. I mean, that's... Probable cause is... Is this so, such a simple idea? That goes down to like your everyday stuff, like pulling somebody over for speeding. Yeah. You gotta have probable cause, yeah, or so any violation. You know, whether it's a simple write you a ticket crime or whether it's a heinous conspiracy. You know, to end all life on Earth, you have to have probable cause to investigate somebody. I think that. <clears throat> have you heard that? And this I think ties together a little bit. Have you heard that Trump now said? I think just today. That he's not going to work on any legislation until the investigation is over. No, I didn't hear that. Wow. Mm. Enough's enough, he says, and it's just it's done. That's that's kind of interesting. I and and again, he's a he's an. I, I will compliment him by calling him a master negotiator, which means he doesn't always tell the truth. Right. Sometimes he says something and then backs down a little, and so. Who knows what he's doing? I'm always right. wondering. Right. That doesn't sound like a good move on its face. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> you know, it, it should be, screw you, I'm going to do the best job I can as president, yeah. regardless of what you do. And I think that's that that's ethically is what he's going to do. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you got to, I mean, for America's sake, we've got to stop this. If there's no crime yeah. and there's no probable cause, 
got to drop it and move on and, you know. At a base level, you're a reserve, I'm going to get it right, reserve sheriff. Okay, I said it right. Good. Got it right this time. Um, so you can't just say, hey, there's a blue Volvo. I wanna, I'm going to pull him over. You can't do that. No. There has to be something. Now, you actually have a little bit of, of freedom with that, I think, and to saying, hey, that guy in the blue Volvo was smoking a pipe. I wonder if it was marijuana. So you've got some leeway, but but you can't just say I'm going to pull over to see if they're doing the crime. Mm-hmm. That's no, just you can't yeah. do that. Yeah. Okay. And I'm glad that right. That's oh, a good for thing. Sure. That's yeah, a, it's that's one should, of our most basic yeah, protections. That's what that's what I thought. That that yeah. needs to be there, and that applies to the president as well. I wish I understood more about the separation of powers, and that and uh, but um, but anyway, I'm I guess I don't know my constitution as well as say Mark Levin does, but. That's why I listen to him sometimes. <laughs> he's a good, he's a smart guy. Yeah, smart yeah. Cookie. So, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. So, th- there's something I wanted to say, and somebody put it into wor- about tariffs. We may not have a lot, lot, yeah. enough time to go into this a lot. We're at what fifty-two minutes now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but I couldn't figure out how to put it in words that tariffs hurt us because when you put a tariff in place. You may have a good reason to, and we can d- debate whether there's a good reason to, but the consumers are the ones that are paying the tariffs. And I've always thought consumer versus, um, like, producer. But in some cases, the producer is the consumer. And when somebody put that into words, I'm like, oh, so it's not just the person buying the end product. It's the person in between that's buying the product to sell to the consumer. So the producer in the middle, those producers, job, the people that work for them, their jobs can be threatened because the producer has to pay a whole bunch more money to get the raw material to make the product to sell to the consumer. So both the consumer and the producer are paying a higher price. Ultimately, just the consumer. True, because the producer, producer will pass it on to the consumer. Pass their expenses on. I think that, and again, I don't know, did we, I think we may have mentioned personally if not on the podcast last week the episode of red pilled america that talked about uh, a great great podcast to listen to called red pilled america they did a three-part series about about this issue mm-hmm. and um i don't know what we talked about last time or if we even talked about it but there's there's a lot of history with this with our country you know before basically before we had like 1913 the federal reserve bank act or whatever you want to before we had that instituted before, I think Lincoln was one of the major people that turned this, but this idea that we had no income tax. So all of our whole government was run on tariffs and excise tax. What that did was it incentivized American companies to produce and produce domestically and sell domestically. And I think if you think of it in term in those terms, Tariffs can make a lot of sense. When it, what, what the the sad situation is, is that we now are so entrenched in an income tax based system, and and we're so dependent on cheap foreign goods, mm-hmm. we're completely addicted to cheap foreign goods to the point where we're we're consuming so many things from outside of the country that are that we've sent so many jobs outside the country that now since we're not producing the things that we're consuming here. Our wages aren't keeping up, even even though we have a, a plethora of cheap foreign goods to buy. Mm-hmm. Our wages aren't keeping up with 
those prices even because we're not producing I mean we're not doing enough business domestically to where we're uh, standard of living is decreasing 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 they call it uh, downward class migration or whatever sure. um, and so this is the precarious situation we find ourselves in where tariffs hurt the consumer at first until you can maybe boot pull yourself up by your bootstraps and begin again to produce and consume domestically so it's 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 a big it's a big issue that we can't I think we can't just say this is bad or this is good it's it's like we got to we're in a position now we've got to kind of grapple our way out of this one I, I do agree that it's a it, it's I don't think there could be a necessarily a quick fast instant I'd like things to be a fast instant yeah, change I what's wish. right free trade etc and I'm I didn't. I disagreed mostly with the podcast. I'm, I'm going to keep this really short because we need to we need to do the final update and, mm-hmm. and close here. That they were talking about protecting mm-hmm. certain things American in America, but the assumption was that 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 protecting American jobs and manufacturing specifically will protect America. I don't as a as a fundamentally free trade person. I don't believe that's necessarily true. I think, and they blame what you called you know people. Our country kind of going down to a lower level where there aren't people with jobs, aren't people having mm-hmm. enough money. I don't think that's because we don't have manufacturing in America. I think there are other reasons for that. So that's my short. That's my short version. And maybe we should look at next week. Maybe digging into this. Deeper. I think we should. Yeah. Yeah, we should take the first half of the podcast for this, like we did for yeah. abortion this time. For sure. So, um, so I'm not going to put this out until I'm done. <laughs> but we're at the end of the podcast, so we do need to. Before the final, or before I read what we're supposed to taste, is there anything new, or has it pretty much been the same? I haven't tasted anything new, and I'm I'm still getting the creamy sweetness, and I really credit that with pairing it with with a cappuccino. Um, get a little bit of that leather if I pull too hard on it, which isn't bad. It's just not my preferred taste, and uh, yeah, it's kind of really settled in. I think hasn't changed a whole lot. I'm liking the leather and the sweetness, and sometimes I forget to mention oil. When I love real oily cigars, this isn't a real oily cigar, but it's got enough that I don't think about it. It's just pleasing. There's enough, there's enough softness on the tongue. It's not dry. Mm-hmm. It's just it's a it's nice, oily enough that I'm not thinking, you know, not too much oil that I'm really saying, whoa, it's all slick all over my mouth. But it's it's great. And I'm I'm getting leather, and sweet, um, and the sweet kind of comes and goes. Um, so that's. Yeah, it's been consistent all the way through. Any final comment on the flavor, Mark? No, it's just really pleasant. Yeah. It's good. I enjoy it. So I don't want to throw it down and go, I'm done. Right, right. <laughs> I, I don't either. I don't either. So um, here's what we should taste. We, you can expect, <laughs> I love this, expect an explosion of pepper, which we got yeah, right totally, at the beginning. Totally. And then explosion, explosion of pepper preceding sweet tobacco, salty leather, and rich earth. So you, guys, you hit it, hit every one of those. Well, to their fault, you shouldn't be able to use tobacco as a tasting. Note. I know. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that. I think. I think that's it's just not. Fair. That's not right. That's not right. Sweet cheap shot. Sweet clover petals. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but um, we better we better wrap it up and. Um, <laughs> Pun not intended. Wrap it up. Pun, rap, wrap oh, I didn't. Up, yeah. Sorry, I totally missed my own pun. Wow. Um, <laughs> well, um, thanks. Thanks for listening. Comment. We'd love to hear from you if you have something to say. Um, that's we, gonna. We could keep going for a while, but it would just be filler. 
wow, he's he's good. Yeah. <laughs> Can I edit that out? No. <laughs> anyway, so um, this has been the Lafleur Coronado Corona Especial. Um, we love it. This has been Doug and Joe Talk. We appreciate you listening. Talk to you next time.